lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on The Blaze. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me. If you'd like to join us, 888-933-93 is the number here at The Blaze, 888-933-93. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, but they don't like us there, so you need to like us there a lot. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. For those of you listening today via the podcast or on Blaze Radio, you don't have that trusty graphics package in front of you. The last name is spelled D E A. CE. A lot happening here today. Bottom of the hour, we're going to have a special guest for Theology Thursday. Uh, we're going to talk to somebody whose mission is to actually go out and defend the faith. He is a real life apologist. They still exist in America. That's coming up uh, a little bit later on. And then a return of an old friend, Mike Woody, will be here to take us to the movies next hour. As we look ahead, it starts earlier and earlier. I remember when we were kids, it was Memorial Day weekend, uh, except for when a Star Wars movie would come out, you know, that that second weekend in May. Uh, And then it kind of became that first weekend in May when Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies were coming out and then the Marvel Cinematic Universe got underway. Now the summer movie season begins on April the 26th. Spring is not even, is barely a month old. But we will get it started, and uh, Mike Woody will help us look ahead to what is coming to uh, your Cineplex near you the next few months. And, of course, I will provide the cheeky cultural commentary on his selections. But before we get to all of that, first, we must have Aaron give us the rundown on what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Welcome to the Race, Sleepy Joe. I only hope you have the intelligence long in doubt to wage a successful primary campaign. It'll be nasty. You'll be dealing with people who truly have some very sick and demented ideas. But if you make it, I'll see you at the starting gate. Yes, Joe Biden has finally made it official. He's running for president. But don't worry, everything is still sexist. Um, it's uh, something to see all three on uh, the, the top of the polls being led by three white men, though. I have to say it, um, uh, you know, I, I am concerned that as someone who worked for a woman candidate last time, that uh, there's something that about the sort of biases we still hold about leadership and what that looks like that makes us gravitate towards um, towards men and um, and even white men, and that it uh, it uh, there's something about how we uh, this images that we still hold that makes it harder for the women candidates who are really great um, to break through. Fortunately, at least one candidate understands he still must flog himself for being a man and for being white. I don't think anyone's identity should hold them back, but I think the next president should see all races, all identities, but recognize where you can't speak for someone's experience and pass the mic to someone who can't. I've pledged that I would ask a woman to serve as vice president. I would put forward a diverse candidate and I'd put forward policies uh, that would make sure that, you know, inherent bias that exists or discrimination that exists in communities uh, would be uh, eliminated and that we would make sure everyone everywhere has opportunity. Speaking of betas, we have voter ID laws that say you can use your license to carry a firearm to prove who you are at the ballot box, but you cannot use your student ID from TSU to prove who you are at the ballot box. What's up with the way you're holding your legs there, Beta? 
And if Trump somehow manages to win in 2020, DNC chair Tom Perez says... We have to be prepared for more lying, cheating, and stealing because they have a, an approach uh, to undermining our democracy that is shameful. In other news, a Canadian father has been found guilty by a court of quote-unquote family violence because he referred to his daughter as a she after the same court had previously ordered the 14-year-old girl receive testosterone injections without parental consent. Last week, I told you about the elderly pro-life activist who was assaulted and attacked outside of Kentucky's only abortion facility. The attack left the woman with severe bleeding, a broken leg, and the need for surgery. We now have video. The Washington Examiner reported yesterday that the McCain family will support Joe Biden in 2020. Cindy McCain, the widow of the late John McCain, has since disputed that report. A new Pew Research poll shows 22% of American adults have a Twitter account and 80% of tweets come from 10% of those accounts. Which means, if my math is correct, most of the narrative set by those on Twitter and those in the mainstream media comes from about 2% of the adult population of the United States. And finally, in the wake of the mainstream media and former world leaders being unable to call those who were attacked last week in, in Sri Lanka Christians, the Babylon Bee has put together a handy charge for changing the names of those associated with world religions. For Hindus, it's cow avoider. For Buddhists, it's Nirvana fans. For Satanists, it's dungeon master. And for Scientologists, it's, well, we'll all be sued for that, so there's no real point in making an alternative name. And that's what happened while we were away. I'm just going to tell you right now, nobody is smarter than the Babylon Bay. Nobody. Nobody. I mean, absolutely nobody. Um, in fact, when they when they win, not if, because all relationships end this way. Sooner or later, you get canned. Okay, I mean that happens to all of us, right? Nobody get, lives forever. Nobody gets hired at some place forever. No, that's I'm not hinting anything. I'm just saying when the day comes, because we all will get the tap. You know, it's what and if what's that? What are you saying? What I'm saying is the day comes for us all. Oh, it's just not me though. I, yeah. I was feeling the, the yeah. footsteps. That's I mean, all. It's, the, it's NFL draft day when the Turk knocks on your door. And invariably, he will. Knocks on all of our doors. You do not escape the Turk. When the Turk knocks on our door, the, my final sign-off will be, just read the Babylon Bay. That'll be my final sign-off. That'll be how I'll exit. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends at Zone, who have a weird question for you today. Uh, do you have a stoplight on your kitchen table to let you know when to stop eating? No? Yeah, yeah Nobody. Uh, nobody does. Uh, but uh, do you have a stoplight that's naturally, you do have a stoplight that's naturally present in your body, though. It just needs to get activated. It's called OEA. It sends a signal to your brain that you're full. And for some of us, though, especially as we get older, the signal just isn't strong enough. That's why we keep eating, gaining weight. So you want to get your body some help? Riduzone is the answer. Doesn't have too many ingredients, like three. One of them's rice. And the main ingredient, OEA formulated to help you know when you're full. Think of Riduzone as your all-natural stoplight. It was developed to help your stomach send the signal to your brain, hey, time to stop eating here. We're good. So if if you're tired of the losing battle of willpower, and I can promise you as someone who has fought the battle of the bulge for many years, willpower is always a loser, always in the end, all right? So if if you're tired of losing that battle, stop fighting it. Check out Riduzone. 
Uh, riduzone.com is the website, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. You can get a special offer right now when you go to riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. All right, uh, in Aaron's montage today, we're going to talk about the uh, Pew Research Survey on Twitter in the roundtable uh, coming up later today at Blaze TV because I've given you some some numbers about this in the past, and it turns out I actually gave to Twitter too much credit. Uh, the Overton window is is far smaller, all right? Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. And this is the second time now. You know, we saw, you know, according to CDC, about two and a half of the po- percent of the population identifies as homosexual. Who knows how much of that population is actually politically active? So we're really talking about a niche within a niche within a niche within a niche. And yet they have been the driving political force, the most powerful political movement in the country in the last decade. And here you can see most of what you get consumed, as you saw in Aaron's montage, most of you are like, I don't have a Twitter account. And most of you don't. We are, we are looking at maybe the smallest Overton window a free society has ever had. I mean, we, we create, this is weird how this has worked, too. Because most technological advances, you know, we did the 500th anniversary of uh, the Reformation a couple of years ago. And, and one of the things that we talked about is the difference between Martin Luther and uh, several of the reformers, because Todd was, was right in pointing out, you know, there's this misconception Luther was the first. No, he wasn't. He was just the first to get away with it, right? There were numerous other people who challenged uh, some of the things that they didn't like seeing emanating from Rome. They just didn't have an invention, uh, a technological advancement that allowed them to get their message out to the masses and in a way sort of insulated them uh, from the fates uh, that uh, insulated him from the fates that uh, befell his predecessors. And that was Gutenberg's printing press. Uh, But what we're seeing here now with the Internet is it's going the other way. At first, the explosion of the Internet followed along the lines of what the written word, the printing press, the telephone, other, other, you know, human evolutions and mass communications opened the door wider for information to be accessed and disseminated and for people to give their, for more people to feel free in giving their take on that information. And the internet was that way at first. What we're seeing now, though, is, the, is that it's actually having the effect of helping to shrink the Overton window. Because most of, I mean, even the president, we can't even just say this is a progressive thing. And the president of the United States, guys, uses his, uh, uses his Twitter account essentially as a White House. We don't even follow White House press briefings anymore. You know, ever since, ever since uh, you know, Grover Dill left and you had your week and you had your daily urination contests, you know, now it's, you know, April Ryan crying about Sarah Sanders, not, you know, uh, telling her the truth every day. It's the, no one watches these anymore. But, but the president uses his Twitter account in place of having a White House spokesperson, really. So this isn't just, you know, the progressives that control social media, but the progressives that control social media. What is happening is the Overton window. I, I've never seen this in human history where a mass technological advancement uh, in the evolution of, of receiving and disseminating information is causing the Overton window, what we are allowed or permitted to see and talk about. It's causing it to close more. We'll get into that today uh, on the roundtable. For, for, for Mr. Swellwell, if he believes the stuff that he says in the clip in Aaron's montage, why is he in this race? For example, 
the the time that he was on that cable news program talking, there weren't women candidates that could have received that free that earned air uh, earned media that couldn't have gotten on the air for free. There weren't any minority other minority candidates. Couldn't have put Peter Buttigieg on there. You couldn't have put Kamala Harris on there. Um, there you, who is it? Uh, Marianne Williamson. Trying to remember all their candidates because there's literally 20 now with Biden getting the race. We'll get into that here in a second. But why is he even in Congress? He's taking up a seat in Congress that could go to a woman, that could go to a minority. His, him, his owning a seat in Congress is an inherent uh, example of bias. So, so why is he even in Congress? They don't believe any of these things. They're all lies. And they're all being told. Maybe the only thing Tom Perez said, or the only thing true that was said in that entire montage was the, from the DNC chair, Tom Perez. Because I can promise you, no matter who gets elected, more lying and stealing and cheating is going to happen. And that was true no matter who got elected in the last election and in the election before that and the election before that and the election after this one and the election coming up after that one. All right. It's revival or bust. It's just a matter of, of, of are they lying, cheating, and stealing in a way that does you the least amount of harm? Let's not, let's not pretend anything heroic is happening here. As Todd likes to say, nothing aspirational is occurring. Amen. So let's just, let's just be adults. Okay? We're all adults here. Let's just keep it real. Let's, we don't lie to each other on this show. All right? Nothing aspirational or heroic is taking place. The lying, cheating, and stealing is going to continue no matter who wins. And no matter who won the last election and the one before that and the ones to come, unless we see revival in our country, the best we can hope for is that, hey, that's our liar. It's sports talk radio. Yeah, I mean, I know my quarterback, uh, you know, likes to slap his girlfriend around, but that's my team. That's my quarterback. That's the best we can hope for at this point. Okay. So if Mr. Swellwell really believed what he is spewing forth in that clip, why is he running? Why was he on television? Why does he even have a seat in Congress? Everything he does as a white male, by his own claimed ideology, everything that he does or has to his benefit takes away from someone else. Someone else. In fact, Mr. Swoa was the biggest bigot in your entire montage today by his own stated ideology. And that brings us to Joe Biden. Year of no BS? Absolutely. Okay. The timing of his announcement is terrible. You have Avengers Endgame coming out, which is one of the biggest moments in recent pop culture history. You know, you could have done this next Monday, Tuesday. Um, It's it's not a well-timed day. I still believe he is Jeb Bush 2020. I don't see what his base is in the Democratic Party. And his base should be the people who watch Joe and Mika. Or is it Mika? Is it Mika or Mika? Mika. 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 Okay, I want to make sure I get it right. I'm not trying to be insulting. So it's M-I-K-A. Yes. Okay. Yep. I I don't watch these shows, so I'm sorry. Joe and Mika should be his core audience. Rich white people in the Democratic Party who have their money, um, don't mind paying high taxes because they got rich anyway. They just don't want to have to speak Arabic. Okay? That should be his audience, right? That, that, that's, that should be his audience. They were dunking on him yesterday. 
All that being said, the announcement video he put out today was excellent. And if you're not capable of just giving, you know, of receiving analysis, you know, if you're the person that has to turn off the announcer when your team is losing in a game because he reminded you of what the score is, this will not be the show for you. Okay. The exact message that needs to be articulated for a Democrat to defeat Donald Trump next year is exactly what he put in that message. Most of it. The problem is, it, he, this is why I still believe he is Jeb Bush 2020, a man out of time. He'd have a better chance. See, he's going to try and he's going to, and this is what politicians do. They, they believe the, and, and really this is not even just politicians. I see this with men in general in this era. Men in general in this era are too fearful of their weaknesses. And so they look for ways to, to, to accent, they look for ways to compensate for their weaknesses and they always do it. Well, always is a tough word. Frequently do it in a way that accentuates them, that draws our attention to it. And it's the whole Charlottesville business that's in his video, his announcement video at the same time. See, what he's trying to do is he's trying to live in two realities at the same time. Ask Napoleon. You don't win two front wars. Now, some of you are going to say, Steve, you have to win the primary to win the general. I agree. But I don't think Joe Biden can win trying to split the baby in half in that primary. I still think he is by far the most dangerous candidate to Trump in a general election. I thought by Trumpian standards, Sleepy Joe, I thought that was kind of lame and weak. Your thoughts? Well, yeah, that's, he's always lame and weak on Twitter for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't, I think Biden won't have any of that business in a debate. Agreed. I, and I think he will throw it back at him. I think he will do it well. And then what we'll see is, Trump is a counterpuncher. You know, we only, in one debate in the GOP primary where, where Cruz and Rubio ganged up on him, he really struggled and then didn't do any other debates after that. Okay. Um, so we don't, we know that he's really good launching the first punch. We don't really know how many, if he can take a punch. We really don't know that. All right. At least one-on-one on a stage, we don't. I mean, Hillary Clinton doesn't count. She's a punching bag incarnate. You know, so the um, the question becomes, though, can he survive a primary? That's the question. And I don't think the message in that video, while I think it is the first half is very potent for a general election. The rest of that message hurts his general election prospects. And isn't strong enough for what his what hit what the base he's trying to reach out to wants to see it's jack of all trades master of none absolutely okay he won't be able to do both of these things at the same time joe biden's path to the presidency is to win the democratic nomination by saying i'm the adult in the room I'm going to run against donald trump right now you guys can go over here and have your intersectionality olympics on your own time and it largely ignore all of that. Even when they come at him in debates, just largely ignore it. 
because there's, there's two, the two things with Joe Biden is, and if I were running against Joe Biden in the Democratic primary, and this goes for everybody other than Bernie Sanders, he's doing his own thing over here. Similar to Trump in the last cycle, he has a base that largely exists outside of the typical Democratic voter electorate. But um, the, if, if I were running against Joe Biden, I would just run on a simple message. He was Barack Obama's understudy for eight years, and Barack Obama hasn't endorsed him. Why should you? Now, the obvious follow-up to that is, well, what happens when, 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 if Obama endorses him? We got nothing to lose anyway, because if Obama endorses him, it's over. It's over for every candidate in this field except for Bernie Sanders, over overnight. So you might as well play the advantage while you have it. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, you know, don't worry about a disadvantage you may have later that you cannot control. That is, that is more, it's a mortal wound if it happens anyway. All these candidates, but Bernie Sanders are done in three, three seconds after, if, if and when Obama endorses Biden. Do we agree on that? Yes. I think that's pretty close to true. Then, then, then you might as well play the car, the, why hasn't Obama endorsed him card now? That's what I would do. That, that's that that's the only message I would go with is I don't if Obama won't even endorse him, why should you? And I just stick with that because if and when Obama does endorse him, you won't be able to beat him anyway unless you're Bernie Sanders at that point. But I don't think Obama is going to endorse him. Not for a while. Not for a while. Not until not until or unless it gets down to him and Bernie Sanders. Then I do think you'll see Obama endorse. But I don't think you're going to see Obama come over the top rope over all these other minority candidates. I don't think that at all. He's he he can't get unity in his own world about which of these minority candidates they all like the most. So uh, he's going to he's going to let Joe he's going to make Joe Biden do the initial groundwork. And Joe Biden's deputy campaign manager saying today that he asked Obama not to endorse him. Yeah, I, I, I. I asked Nicole Kidman not to ask me out too because I you know, just I didn't want to make it easy for myself. I mean that's just stupid. No one believes that. No one, no sentient life form on any class and planet believes Joe Biden called Barack Obama up and said, "Hey, can you just kind of sit this one out?" No yeah. one, no well, one believes that. Steve, in fairness to Joe Biden, I ask you to hold off on paying me, you know, uh, pretty regularly. So <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. So what you see. With the with a, with Biden's announcement video is exactly why I believe he would be the by far the sternest test for Donald Trump in a general election because he understands in America that most of us do want to live together despite our political differences. Most of us are not in the two percent of the of the Twitter Overton window that is trying to force uh, you know the remaking of the movie Reds on the American people. Most of us aren't, in, regardless of how we vote. Most of us don't want to live in that place. It's the conversation you and I had yesterday on the on the immigration issue. If you just stood outside a Walmart and a Target and just asked everyday Americans and didn't look at, didn't even ask them if they registered to vote, what their voter registration cards were, and said, "Hey, would you pay ten to fifteen percent more for your bill in that store there, in that big box store there, so that we'd have fewer human traffickers and wages would actually go up with less competition from from cheap migrant labor?" Most of them, we think, would say, "What? I'll take that sure. deal," right? Without even knowing how they would vote, most of them, we think, would take that deal. Most of America doesn't want to participate in what most of the media on either side talks about on a daily basis. The first part of Biden's announcement video gets it. And that's the America that most Americans want to go back to. The problem is Biden, Biden attempts and very clumsily to reach out to the part of his party that does want to take us to an existential cliff. And I think his only path to winning the primary is to dunk on them, to sister soldier them and ignore them from the very beginning. 
I would flat out say if I were Biden. Even say it? I agree no, with you. And yeah. I, I, well, I would also say, I, I would say I was not going to run for president. There's, I'm running for one reason, and his name is Donald Trump. I, I, I think it just make that mano I agree. mano. That's what I would do if uh, I were him. Call him out. Trump obviously wants to be called out because of the look how he's tweeting right now. I, I do But I see, I don't think he can go there now because you can't be Hillary Clinton and have three announcements like he no, should no, in the last cycle. Uh, this was his opening foray. He's had plenty of time to think about it. And he's made the decision that he's got to play this game. And I think he's going to lose that game. The only way for him to win the game is to not is not to play. That I think there are a whole lot of voters that 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 want a unity message and don't really even give a rip about policy. They just want the, they just want the, the, the juvenile delinquency to end. And he kind of taps into that. But the problem is uh, one of the major sources of the juvenile delinquency is in his own party. And he doesn't seem like he's able to, to come over the top of that. And that's why I think he, I, I think he'll be Jeb Bush 2020. He's a man out of time. Um, Let's leave it there for now. Because uh, I even think I even think the Charlottesville event that he chose was even a weak event to even choose. You know, and, just, and then to go way extreme, that's the tr- most, the guy's almost 80. He's, you know, he's lived through multiple wars, the civil rights movement, 9-11, to say that was like the worst thing he's ever seen in his life. That's, again, that's an overcompensation. He's, he's too aware of his weaknesses and he's overcompensating for them. So if you're a man in any form of leadership that's watching me right now, or you're just trying to get the girl, stop overcompensating for your weaknesses, all right? Stop with the comb overs, okay? Accentuate your strengths, all right? Play to your strengths. Frame the debate and the conversation in a way that gives you the best chance to win, not the lowest chance to lose. All right. And the way I see it is he's too afraid of that base to dunk on them. He doesn't believe he can sister soldier them. He can't do to them what Bill Clinton did a quarter of a century ago. They've grown too strong. And so I think he's going to try to straddle the fence. And Confucius say, man who straddle fence for too long eventually gets nether regions caught in it. And I think that's what you're going to see happen to him. And if you're Bernie Sanders, you love that. You love seeing Joe Biden go decide, I got to play in the shallow pool. You love seeing that. You're going to be over here building your little base that won't leave you. You can't go much higher than that, but you can't get any lower. And you'll love watching those other candidates over here in the kiddie pool, all splashing each other and calling each other every name in the book at the exact same time. That's exactly what you want to see. It's estimated about 50 million people will miss work at some point during this year due to chronic pain. Uh, Americans spend about $2,000 a year to combat chronic pain. About two-thirds of us in a recent survey said, we're just going to have to live with chronic pain. We've just you know, decided to accept it. What if you had, though, another option? Here at The Blaze, we've had uh, several of our folks have incredible results with a product called Relief Factor. It's 100% drug-free, created by physicians. It's got four key ingredients that uh, each help your body to win the fight against inflammation. And they've got a new trial pack right now for just a dollar a day. You can get three weeks for $19.95. And the reason why they try this trial pack is because an overwhelming amount of people that do decide to stick with Relief Factor permanently. If you want to learn more about this, you've got nothing to lose except hopefully, maybe finally, the pain. Relieffactor.com is the website. Relieffactor.com.
Com. Really quick, can you fat can you can you see an ability for him to to find a path where he plays to both of these messages simultaneously in the Democratic primary? Yes, but only because it's the total failure of everybody else around him. So uh, that's not aspirational either. It, it'll it'll just be workable enough, but he won't be able to do it effectively in terms of stirring people it'll just be a default now, can i throw a ma- can i throw a massive caveat on my analysis there, there probably okay. is going to be a lot of those coming along um i know i have them <laughs> i want a lot can change with the debate process because how are they going to get all these candidates on a stage whom are they going to determine gets on the stage how will they interact with each other once they're there okay now, you know, you know what I say, the trend is your friend until human, uh, you know, uh, until the human component trumps the trend. And so when we put a bunch of those humans on the stage together, that could change our analysis. So that's the caveat. More Theology Thursday, in fact, is next year on The Blaze. Next. Stay tuned. Our friends at Home Title Lock alerted us to a, a really sad story out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, online thieves there, both here and abroad, uh, found a couple's home title exposed on a website. They forged documents to look like they were the new owners. They borrowed thousands of dollars against the property's equity. Uh, the couple didn't find out until the late notice uh, payments started to arrive. It even got worse. A foreign bank uh, foreclosed, had them evicted from their own home. Uh, They spent a good deal of money, a small fortune, trying to get their home back um, to no avail. Uh, And that's why you want to have Home Title Lock. For just pennies a day, Home Title Lock puts a virtual barrier around your home's title to protect uh, the title, the mortgage, and what the thieves really want most of all, the equity in your home. It's the most valuable investment most Americans will ever have, our own home. So here's what you need to do. Just go to HomeTitleLock.com to make sure this doesn't happen to you. HomeTitleLock.com. Register your home for free with a free title scan and report to see if your home's title's already been tampered with at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. We have a special guest here with us on Theology Thursday. Carl Kirby is here from a ministry called Reasons to, Reason to Believe. Right? Made sure I got it right. right no. no. Reasons for hope. <laughs> reasons for hope. Sorry. I knew I was going to get it wrong. I apologize. <laughs> no, no problem. Man. Because you know what? I've been so focused on you guys' video series. I actually forgot what the ministry associated with the video series is. Yeah, yeah, I right? understand. But this video series, I've watched about a half dozen of these. Mm. And they are really good. And what I love about them is they have the right premise, but they're delivered in a pithy manner. Mm. You guys came out with a new one uh, that's kind of Easter themed. Yes. And I want to show this to our audience. Take a look. Now, lots of people say that there's no evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So all I'm going to do here is provide one line of evidence. It's unfortunate, but I just don't have the time to mention something like the half dozen facts developed by resurrection expert Gary Habermas, for instance. Minimal facts that even skeptics, atheists, and liberal scholars agree on. These facts are as follows. One, that Jesus died by crucifixion. Two, that very soon afterwards, his followers had real experiences that they thought were actual appearances of the risen Jesus. Three, that their lives were transformed as a result, even to the point of being willing 
willing to die specifically for their faith in the resurrection message. 4. That these things were taught very early soon after the crucifixion. 5. That James, Jesus' unbelieving brother, became a Christian due to his own experience that he thought was the resurrected Christ. And 6. That the Christian persecutor Paul, formerly Saul of Tarsus, also became a believer after a similar experience. Man, I wish I had the time to mention those, but I just don't. No time, good sir. No time, no time at all. I just don't have time to bring up what former atheist and law-trained journalist Lee Strobel said when he said, I figured it would be easy to disprove the resurrection. Give me a weekend and I can shred Christianity's central claim. Well, it wasn't that easy. After investigating the historical evidence, Mr. Strobel believed in the resurrection of Jesus. Watch the movie, read the books. Bummer I couldn't mention that to you. Ain't got time for this quote either. My job is to infer what is most reasonable from the list of evidences, said cold case detective J. Warner Wallace. After digging into the evidence, I was convinced that what the Bible claims about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is the best explanation. The only weakness in the case, and there are always weaknesses, was my own bias against resurrections. Now, since I don't have time to mention such things, let me just get right to my point, okay? My one and only line of evidence has to do with the appearances of Jesus after his death. This is recorded in an early creed cited by the aforementioned Paul the Apostle, which we find in his letter to the Corinthian church. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared also to me. Okay, there's a lot of people who saw Jesus after he was crucified and buried, and this is exactly why Paul was so confident to stand in front of Festus and King Agrippa and tell them the truth. It's in Acts 25 and 26. Here's a snippet. Paul says, I stand here testifying, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. Now, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, your great learning is driving you out of your mind. Not sure if that was his actual accent, but Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus. I am speaking true and rational words, for the king knows about these things. None of these things has escaped his notice, for this has not been done in a corner. In other words, all this was falsifiable. Everyone around town was talking about Jesus' resurrection. People had seen him. The tomb was empty. The stone was rolled away. The guards were perplexed. The religious leaders were mystified and tried to create a lie about what happened to the body. Paul, who was persecuting Christians earlier, was now one of them preaching the resurrection of Christ. None of this was hidden. It was all out in the open. So, my eclectic, evidence-eager evangelist, each ecstatically expecting an extraordinary ending, I leave thee with this from Clive Staples Lewis. This is the story. What are we to make of Christ? There is no question of what we can make of him. It is entirely a question of what he intends to make of us. You must accept or reject the story. But what you can't do is glibly claim or irresponsibly assert that there is no evidence for the resurrection of Jesus because that, my friends, has been debunked. Adios. I, I think those are excellent. Uh, all of them are done that uh, that I've seen. That's seven. I think seven of them. I think I've watched now. Mm. Uh, they are all done with that uh, kind of production value. I love the uh, the, the snarkiness. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that's an effective uh, communication tool. I love how you kept saying in that video, "Bummer." It's, it, I wish I had more time to mention yeah. all these extra biblical sources, but I don't. Yeah. And then you yeah. went ahead and mentioned them. Okay, yeah. so that's your voice in the video, Carl. I, I really think this is some of. 
the the finest apologetic work in terms of what c- could potentially reach this generation Man, that, that I've been blessing. exposed to. So I wanted to give our audience a chance to, to watch it as well. You're a blessing. I have to make one correction, though. It's not my voice. It's not Really? It is not my voice. It's that so sounds f- exact. That, that's, I, I thought know, that was man. for sure that was for you. Isn't that crazy? It's, a, it's my best friend. We met through, that's a long story, so I won't share it with you, but we met each other. And I went out to California and I had him come up. It's a crazy story how we met. And he sat through like 11 of my talks. Hold on. We, uh, audience, listen to this voice and tell me you did not think that was the same <laughs> voice as he's talking. Go ahead. Well, he sat through 11 of the talks and we dreamed. And this was nine years ago. We started making these things nine years ago. And we're like, how do we go out there and just address these issues in a fun way? But really, we want to push buttons. We want to make people think, you know. And uh, we came up with these things. And he's a professional voice actor. And man, he killed it. I mean, he just absolutely killed it. But, but Steve, before we go any further, you really told Nicole Kidman not to date you? <laughs> dude. Such, no, no, that would be a dude foul. <laughs> well, if I was single, that would actually be capital punishment, according to the dude code. Uh, but no, I was, I was, that was my, uh, my own snarky reply oh, to okay, the okay. notion that Joe Biden's uh, campaign manager claimed that he called Obama and said, no, I, I don't want the world's most popular Democratic living politician to endorse me in a competitive Democratic primary. I, I want to earn my way. I, I love that. Right. I, I love right. that. I love those little Jibs, man. I mean, I think it just gets people's attention and causes them to think, which ultimately is my goal. When you look at this next generation, and you know what when I when I'm when I do on a show like this, and our show is even different than a lot of the other conservative media shows, although we're seeing more open theological references and discussions in mm. a lot of conservative media now that mm. in the past thought I was weird for doing it. Yeah. But I think a lot of us in our industry are beginning to see that we are asking a culture to conserve virtues and values and principles that they don't accept the source from whence they came. I agree. And so they're, agree. They're, we're going to have a hard time damming the river down the stream, right? Man, you, you nailed it. That's actually what I was preaching today is like, look, we want to impose Christian morality on a history. We've got a generation that they spend 900 hours a year in a school and 80 to 85% of the Christian homes go to government schools to teach them a history that undermines the word of God. That's reinforced with 1,064 hours of TV, which under, <laughs> underline, undermines the word of God, reinforced with 936 hours a year of video games. And all of those histories that they're being taught in those areas undermine God's word. And then we try to come in and give little Bible stories. It's not going to work. You can't have Christian morality without the Christian history. If you take the Christian history out of the picture, it becomes what's your opinion, your opinion, your opinion. Welcome to America 2019. Give us your background. What, what, what got Ooh. you into to going to the front lines of talking to gasp young people? I know. Oh, my goodness. It's a scary thing. Look, I tell everybody, don't expect deep theological. Why is debunk the way that it is? Because I grew up around guys with one name, Crusher, Bruiser, Mauler, Sasser. <laughs> My dad was a professional wrestler, so I literally grew up around guys really? with Really? Who one was name. your dad? The Kentuckian, Big Boy Brown, Big Luke Brown. It just kind of depended on what region he was wrestling in at the time. So that was before uh, Vince McMahon consolidated all the regions, He right? wrestled for Vince's dad yeah. up in Madison Square Garden. So yeah, it was before that. I used to love pro wrestling, Carl. Oh. I mean, I, I grew I, but I thought it was real. I mean, it, I mean it is real. <laughs> Most people did. This is scripted. It is real. I mean, there, oh, there's the injuries, real actions happening. Absolutely. I okay? tell everybody the injuries are real. My dad, when he finally got out of the business, his shoulder was destroyed. He lost his kidneys, his spleen. He lost his spleen. His body was destroyed. The, the injuries are real, but the endings were predetermined. So that's kind of, so you have a, a bit of a brawler 
background. You don't you don't mind provocation. You don't mind confrontation. Yeah. Uh, you don't. You for know. Right you kind of grew up as a natural habitat for that, right? For the right reasons, man. I think again, when you when you grow up in that environment, yeah, you kind of see that stuff. But when I became, I, I didn't become a Christian until I was 26. I was raised around the church. I knew when to stand up, sit down, kneel. I knew when the offering plate was coming. I call it, you know, Catholic light without the guilt. I was raised Lutheran. And, 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 and I just, but I didn't know God and I didn't understand the Bible at all. I didn't trust it at all. And once I got saved and a guy challenged me to really look at these things and understand why I believed what I said I believed, that's where the real growth came. And the transition to Debunked really is a credit to because of my relationship with Bob, the co-creator of Debunked. He's got that same attitude as me, and it gave me freedom to, hey, we can have fun with this. You can, As a Christian, we can have fun. We can challenge people to think and not be disrespectful or mean. I don't think we're that. I think we just want to challenge people to think. What do you think is, you've done this all over the world. Oh, right? yeah. How many countries have you had a chance to go to? Oh, my goodness. Uh, over, over 15, 20. Okay. What... When I see things like, you know, there's there's a video I shared on my Twitter account today mm. of a, a girl's high school track mate mm. and two boys who I believe have a mental illness. I think gender dysphoria is a mental illness, mm. okay? It shouldn't be encouraged. It should be treated, yeah. okay? And so two boys are seen in this video who want to identify as girls. They're just dusting these girls in this camp. Oh, yeah. I mean, and they're just made with more muscle fibers, things of that nature. These girls can't compete. They, they, they destroy them. Yes, and I see this video, and and when this topic has come up on our show in the past, I've brought this up that I, where I, I cannot believe the dads are all just sitting there, while their daughters are getting smeared like this. Yeah. I, I just I, I'm I'm flabbergasted. Like I would have expected the opposite would happen. Like we'd have to go to the guys and say, hey, you understand, you can't be a vigilante out there. But but now they're like so docile. There's like. No pushback on any level. When, when, when we had the story about Matt Lauer at NBC News, literally turned his office into a rape dungeon, for mm. lack of a better description. I, and I said this at the time on our show, no janitor, no, mm. no, nobody saw a woman crying coming out of his office yeah, and yeah. said, hell no, I'm not going to put up, someone's right. going to do something about that. Right. And I've described that as like death of the West kind of stuff. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Having been all over the world, do you see the spiritual temperature globally is down or are we dying in the West compared to what you see across the globe? That's a, that's a really good question. And I honestly think that we are dying in the West because when we get in, like my buddy Juan, Juan Valdez is our other speaker. Don't laugh. That's his real name and he doesn't do coffee. <laughs> but Juan is down in Colombia three times already this year, uh, Dominican Republic, Costa Rica. It's exploding, Steve. I mean, exploding. 1,800 kids. He just spoke to a youth conference three days in Colombia. 1,800 kids came, and they're hungry, and they're begging for answers. I see us. We're suffering the consequence of rejecting the truth of God's word and turning ourselves over to the world. We, we're suffering from this where I see in other countries, Africa, I've been in Africa, 700 pastors, 36 hours on the bus, one way, 36 pastors went one way, or I'm sorry, uh, 230 pastors of that 700, they were one way on a bus, 36 hours, they got there, they got late, we got there and we started the meeting 30, 45 minutes after they got there and I said, guys, you're going to go to sleep on me, what do you mean? Well, we, you've been on a bus for 36 hours, one way, no air conditioning, you're going to go to sleep, you're tired. And this guy looked me dead in the eye and he said, we're hungry and when you're hungry, you don't sleep. Feed us. I see this as an American problem, to be real honest with you. Mm. 
is it, um, are we too, you know, you mentioned Africa and when, uh, when the Episcopalian church was really the first major Protestant denomination in the nineties to, uh, tank here in, 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 in America, it was the, the conservatives, the traditionalists there, they just tried to import clergy from Africa mm. Which, if you know American history, you know a lot. Of the Episcopalian Church has a strong tie to the founding of the country. So the, there's a great irony here in that some of those Episcopalians uh, likely owned slaves yeah. a few hundred years ago, and and now a few hundred years later they've got to go to Africa uh, to go get uh, non-white faces to help them save their denomination yeah. from from where it's going. And you know, if you're growing up, if you're growing up in that part of the world. You don't have the luxury of being tempted by the things uh, and the philosophies that we're tempted by. Society's pretty basic. Truth and f- truth and error is pretty basic to you. You're living in a survive or not world on a daily basis, yep, yep, right? Yep. Are we just too comfortable? I absolutely think that's a part of the problem, and we've lost that. By the way, are you yeah. excited about Avengers Endgame coming out as I am, dude? I'm don't sorry. get me in trouble. I had to do that. Don't okay. get me in no, trouble. I don't, no, I was, I, was, I was making a joke. But anyway. I'm, I'm supposed to speak 7 to 9 tonight, and I'm hoping there's like an 11 o'clock showing. But I'm not going to say that on air because I don't want people to think badly of me. I'm Speaking a of being, we're too comfortable. Yes, but anyway. <laughs> we are. We quite honestly are. But another piece, Steve, is that we've lost a backbone. Uh, to stand up because we don't want people to call us names and, you know, oh, you're a fundamentalist, you're an idiot, you're whatever. And I'm like, man, true love is not going to pat you on the back and tell you that you're okay when you're doing something that's going to have eternal consequences, which I believe with all my heart. True love will pat you on the back and say, I love you enough to tell you the truth. And there's consequences to your actions. And we've lost what truth is. And by the way, Steve, those debunked videos, one of the other ones that we just did was on truth. And and I see your book, Truth Bombs. I'm Mm -hmm. like, man, we need this. If folks want to see those videos, all they'd have to do is text 51555, write in truth bombs to 51555, and you're going to get all 11. We've got 11 of the debunked videos now. But guys, we need to know what truth is. If you don't have a definition for truth, then, well, it becomes what you think, you think, we think, we all think, and we all vote on it, and we're in trouble. Text keyword truth bombs to 51555. If you want to watch more of those videos, share them with your young people. That's the exact kind of messaging, the exact kind of production value that is necessary. And you can sit around and whine and complain. I I bet the Carl Kirby's of the 12th century thought, I'm not going to write thoughts down. We did this orally in my day. (laughs) Well, it's not your day, dude. All right. It's a different day. Exactly. I mean, you're watching us on the internet and listening to us on a podcast. That's right. You know, we don't want to hear about, you don't want to, you know, evolve to the new technology. All right. I so agree. that's where you reach the next generation. If exactly. you want to reach them where they're at. Carl, thanks for coming in, man. Oh, man. You guys do great work. Thank all right? you, Steve. That's such a, that's such an encouragement. I mean that. Thank you. Well, you guys have earned it. I, we don't just give away platitudes here. These videos, they blew me away when I watched them. And I, I can, I know our audience well enough to know when they saw the production value on what we showed them earlier, that they they were uh, similarly impressed. So God bless you, man. Take Thank care. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Hey, speaking of truth bombs, we recently talked about the topic of the next generation um, deciding to embrace socialism. Where did that come from? Well, it, it came from their parents and grandparents. So after defeating socialism over there, unfortunately decided to adopt uh, some of its tenants over here and passed it on to their children. Uh, and that's where a new report 
from our friends at Swiss America comes in. They are free market advocates, and their report has uh, has highlighted the gradual shift toward increased socialism and the threat that it has to your portfolio, your investments, and your savings in a big way. You want to get a copy of this report. It's called the Protect Your Wealth Report, and you can get it for free right now by calling 800-289-2646. That's 1-800-289-2646. This is, this is one of the symptoms of the disease that Carl and I were just describing. A, a lot, you know, hey, you have more than me, even though you worked hard for it. I, I, I feel that's unfair. I deserve it. I believe there's a commandment against covetousness, right? But now it's a political party. All right, so if you want to put, learn how you can protect yourself from what is coming, uh, toll-free, 800-289-2646 is where you can get this Protect Your Wealth report from Swiss America, or you can just visit them online at SwissAmerica.com. All right, when we come back here for hour two, I have another special daily truth bomb for you. And it's not the personage of Mike Woody. It's something else. Oh, no, that's right. Woody's coming in. I forgot. So the truth bomb that's will have to wait until itself. Yeah. yeah, Woody's coming in. So what? Mike Woody's coming in, so I have to put off the truth for, a, for the next hour. See what I did there? <laughs> We are going to preview what's coming up this summer, and I'll have my snarky cultural commentary uh, to go along with it next year, live and on demand on The Blaze. Stay tuned. We're back with Hour 2 live and on demand here on The Blaze. I am Steve Dace. You are you. 888-933-93 is the number to let us know who you are. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. If you are listening to us today via podcast, we greatly appreciate if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review at the podcast platform of your choice. Those are appreciated. They help us to find more people like you. Thousands of you have done this for our show already. We thank all of you for taking the time to do that. And as a reward, I want to tell you about a way to get your kids to start I guess we'll say drinking their vegetables. It's a product from our friends at Brickhouse Nutrition called Field of Greens. And it kind of tastes exactly like those naked juices that are really good. They just don't have the 7,000 grams of sugar that those naked juices have. All right, Field of Greens is real USDA organic fruits and vegetables complete with those antioxidants, those immunity boosters, antioxidant power, prebiotics, probiotics. You know why we're taking so many supplements nowadays? Because a lot of this is missing from our daily diets nowadays with the way a lot of our food is produced. And it's just not uh, the way we eat that often anymore, but we still need that stuff. That's the way nature, our creator, made our body. So use this product because it's not a supplement. It's actual food. When you turn over the label, it won't say supplement facts. It will say nutrition facts because Field of Greens is made from real food. And you can try it right now at our with our with my name as a discount. Use promo code Steve to get 15% off of your first order at BrickhouseSteve.com. That's BrickhouseSteve.com, promo code Steve. Well, he has returned. It's not exactly MacArthur in Manila. But Mike Woody has returned to the program. It is good to have him back. And I just lied. We spent far too much money on this graphics package, yes, to be honest. Did. Yes, yes, we did. Any, any amount of money spent 
on Mike Woody is too much money. It's good to see you, my old friend. How are you? The, the love is just, is there a Kleenex anywhere? The more things change. Wow. The more they stay the same, right? <laughs> what have you been up to, man? Working. Yeah. Living. You work just, in Penub? Just, you know, just trying to keep my head above water. So for those of you that are new to our show, uh, I mean, I got uh, stuck with Mike Woody as a condition for employment with a sports talk radio station that was operated by the Iowa Cubs. What? That's almost 20 years ago now. 2002, right? 18 years ago or 19 years ago, 17 years ago, a long time ago. And uh, my one condition that they put on me for, well, they, well, they, they gave me two. The other was that I, I couldn't talk uh, anything that their liberal politics didn't agree with, but I just totally disregarded that. I was going to say, you ignored that yeah, one. Yeah, I ignored that one and then decided, because I was going to ignore one, I, I better be really adamant about keeping the second one, which was I had to agree to take you on. And then lo and behold, though, I actually enjoy doing this. Now, your viewers know that this is all a lie, right? No, that actually were like, <laughs> those were the conditions of my employment. They, they okay. were not going to not hire you if you didn't keep me. Well, I, I they thought, recommended that you keep yeah, me. Yeah, I thought you were the far less laborious request I could, <laughs> uh, I could honor. Uh, in fact, I ended wow. up just kind of taking you with me when I got new jobs, which tended to happen frequently. Uh, and, and, and this has always been one of the more popular segments we do. Uh, and I think a lot of it is because it's, it gives us a, a respite and a break from a lot of the other stuff uh, our show requires us and the news of the day requires us to talk about. And, and so you, you're kind of semi-retired now. We bring, you come back about <laughs> quarterly, right? And, I am not semi-retired. Okay, you're fully way. retired now and you kind of come in you know, a couple times a year, right? So you, holiday movie season, fall movie season, and then summer movie season. Right. Um, before we get to your summer movie picks, can I ask a question about a movie that's already been released? What did you sure. what did, what did you think of Jordan Peele's Us? Um now I'm the one person that didn't like his first movie. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember and I remember I, why you didn't like it. I found it offensive. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. And um so, so I want I want our audience to know the only man in Iowa who caucused for John Kasich found um uh, the previous film, Offensive, yes. The sticker is still on the back of the car. <laughs> I, can I am hopeful that things could still change. Um, as far as the new movie, Us, you know what? I, I liked it better than I liked his first one. I thought it, it had a very interesting premise. I'm not really sure at the end of the movie if I know what happened. I thought the movie was total trash. Well, you go ahead and just sugarcoat it a little yeah, I mean, bit. I, I thought it was total trash. And when I when I looked at the 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 plot line and the way that it was devised um and given his current project is is reinvigorating the twilight zone right and 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 i'm not a subscriber to cbs all uh, access so i haven't watched it i don't episode. think anybody is <laughs> <laughs> seven people have watched it call us if you subscribe to cbs all access 888-900-3393 just let us know you're there uh but the first episode the pilot they put on youtube for free and i watched Okay. Yeah. And it's really well done. And Tracy Morgan essentially plays the devil. Uh, and it, it's a retelling of the devil and Daniel Webster, essentially, with, okay. with, with, but it's with a, it's with a stand-up comedian. And it's a stand-up comedian who can't believe that he can't find an audience for his, uh, his entire routine as an anti-Trump, uh, anti-gun screed. <laughs> and, every, and every time he goes up there to give his, his routine, the audience just sits there and looks at him. All right. No one wants to hear it. 
<laughs> and so he has to go to essentially the devil, played by Tracy Morgan, who tells him, you know, F politics. People are tired of hearing that, you know, actually do something funny. Okay. What a so, concept. So when I piece all these things together, and you know that I'm always trying to figure out. Oh, yes. Yeah, how the yeah. pieces coordinate. I, when the previous movie that Peel made, a bunch of white progressives gave him an award for making a movie that attacked them. Yes, thank you for telling us we're a bunch of uh, hypocrites. Yeah. We don't really care about black people. We're all actually secretly racist, and we're using you to get what we want out of life. Right. right? We, we just want your bodies. Yes, yes. And, and then they gave him awards and said, thank you for crushing us. Yeah. All right. Then I'm watching the new Twilight Zone, and the very first episode is an immigrant comedian who the devil tells him, You're, no one cares about your politics. It's not funny. Okay. No one cares about your anti-Trump politics. It's not funny. No one wants to watch. And then there's this movie that literally has, that is about nothing. I don't know what it's about. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I seriously wonder if the movie is a troll and, and if, <laughs> and if Peel is like, dude, these white reviewers want to like a black film director so bad, we will literally just put hot trash on the screen. It's, it's black on black. It's doppelganger. It has no, it's, it's got 17 things going on at once and none of them ever converge into one story. And we're just going to put it all up there and you watch this thing's going to be like 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. See now, I wonder if they did this on purpose. I was hoping you were going to explain this film to me because we've got hands across America. You don't I know have, what it is. I have no idea what's going on. I did enjoy it. All right. I hate it. I thought it. it was well made. I thought it was hot trash. So we're off. This segment is it's the same as it's always been all these years. You're right? wrong and I'm right. Uh, or, or the Perfect. other way around, maybe. You know, I like your plan, but it sucks. Let's go with mine, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So the summer movie season, I mentioned this earlier, it is beginning earlier and earlier. Um, it used to be Memorial Day weekend was the kickoff, right? right? And then, except when a Star Wars film would come out every three years, and then it would be that second weekend in May. Yep. Um, and then the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies started coming out that first weekend in May, and that's when Marvel started, when they started their cinematic universe. That's when they started releasing their movies as well. And now it's the last weekend in April uh, with the summer movie season, which begins, of course, with the movie that opens tonight, that is is going to be the biggest, and I think when we adjust it for inflation, it'll be the biggest box office movie. I don't like. I don't care about today's dollars what you make. I always look at the adjusted for inflation right. numbers. I think you're looking at a movie that, when adjusted for inflation, is it could very well end up being the number one movie of all time. It opens tonight. Let's take a look. God, it seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave. Became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. None of us can go back. we can do is our best and sometimes the best that we can do is to start over i saw all these people die i keep telling everybody they should move on 
some do. But not us. Even if there's a small chance, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. We will. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Anyway, anyway, that this movie sucks. Anyway. Not a chance. I mean, you look at the track record of the Russos. They did Captain America Winter Soldier. Great movie. Which I think is one of the best comic book movies ever made. I, I might, in terms of, you know, what's been made in in this era post, you know, uh, 2000, I, I'd probably rank it number two behind The Dark Knight. I think it, I think it is a exceedingly well done film. Not Wonder Woman? I love Wonder Woman. I would rank Winter Soldier ahead of it in okay. terms of the quality of the filmmaking. Uh, they did Civil War. Uh, and then they did, I just watched Infinity War again over the weekend. <laughs> just in preparation. Hey, get myself ready. And I <laughs> I still can't, I, just as a guy, and I'm not anywhere close to their level, but I, you know, as a guy that I tell stories and stuff like that, I do it for a living. The ability to merge all of these characters and all of these storylines together, it's crazy. and how none of it seems contrived and none of it seems laborious. I, I every time I watch this film, I am just amazed at how they pulled this off. And so, with all that being said, is it possible, Todd? You're the you're the biggest cynic when it comes to the fanboy <laughs> here on the stage. Is it? Is there any possibility this movie sucks? I don't. I don't think so. Wow. I heard a review on the way here while I was driving around the war if you, zone. If, if you give any spoiler, no, no, I'm going no. to throw a punch you. No, I'm not okay. going. They didn't give away any spoilers. But the guy said he enjoyed it. And he said, I, I'm i not a big fan of the series, but it's really well done. John Campia at, uh, well, he used to be at AMC Theaters nationwide. He has his own like big movie podcast now that has a huge YouTube audience. And he's a big fanboy. And I, I watched his spoiler-free review and... He said that, uh, I mean, he, he just stayed in there. It was, it's three hours. He just stayed in there another 30, 45 minutes if they asked him to. Three he, hours. He said, so was Return of the King. We didn't complain about that. I mean, you did. Thank that, you. For those of you that are new, every movie is too long for Mike Woody. Every movie. Um, but uh, he did say that the first two hours are clearly a buildup to the final hour. And that I the, just want to see how they do it. And the final hour, he said, it's, it's one of the... It'll it'll go down in cinema history as one of the greatest hours of motion in the history of movies in terms of. I mean, clearly seen. Captain Marvel, she's going to come in and somehow fix this. Well, all but the trailers and everything how? we've seen, are they, the the now they could be lying, but they're claiming that everything we've seen has all been from the first ten minutes of the movie. We have we have not seen any footage at all, and they're also claiming that stuff you've seen in trailers isn't even in the movies. They, they they've just <laughs> they're completely throwing. They're uh, just messing at you. with us, right? Aaron, as our millennial, is there any way? That this movie sucks. Better not. I'm getting out of my apartment tonight to go see this. I hope you have tickets. I don't think America understands what that means. Let me say that once more. (laughs) Slower. I am getting out of my apartment tonight to go see this. 
so it better be good. And so, then there's wow. some wood that needs sanded right now. Yeah. And he's going to leave that behind yep. to go see this movie. So there you go. Yep. All right. Uh, anything else on this before we move on to the next film? I don't. I, I'm anxious to see it. I'm not anxious to spend three hours with it, but you know, it, I'll, maybe it'll surprise me, and I'll enjoy those three hours. I I am anxious to spend three hours there. I'm, yeah, ten I'm o'clock anxious, tonight, baby. Yeah, I'm, I, I the mean, Godfather, by the way, was three hours long. Yeah, yeah. If it's, yeah. I don't care how long Best it is. Film I care of the year. I care how good it is. Don't you? Right? Exactly. Just be good. If you're good at ninety minutes, great. If you're good at three hours, great. You know, I watch the extended versions of all of the original Lord of the Rings every year, and they never feel long to me. I mean, like, I don't want to leave that world when it ends. You know, it's such good storytelling. All right, this next film, we screen this trailer. You screen it, Aaron. It's okay. <laughs> all right. It is a trailer. Have you okay. seen the first two? I have. That's okay. why I'm asking this. All right. The second one. The trailer's great. The second one is like a symphony of violence. Yes. Okay. But I wanted to make sure it was okay. You're, you're okay with this, Aaron? You're putting me on the spot here, man. Come now on thinking, now. Am I going to work here next week? <laughs> All right. If you don't want to watch it, I do you make wanna, the well, call. I, I just want to make sure that it's okay to be seen. That's all. Um, there's guns. Lots of guns. I don't think there's anything in the trailer that's bad. All right. We'll give it a shot because we can always eject, right? Okay. So I may be working at Mike Woody's office soon. That's it. Okay, good. Wow. All right. <laughs> yeah, that so, was... So, John Wick Chapter 3, and this is an entire story. <laughs> it's a revenge tale about a guy because they killed his dog. Right. Right? That whole thing, that's what it's about. They, he has a history. Yes. He's retired from As that. a professional hitman. He retires, and he wants to live a life in, you know... Just by himself. In his own private Idaho right. with him and his dog and his new wife, and his wife, right? Yeah. Okay. And then the wife, the, the the was it the first movie where the wife was killed and then the dog was killed in the second one? Or was it the whole thing is about the dog? I can't remember. I think the whole thing's about the dog. The whole thing's about the dog. Yeah. All right. This trailer does have a great line in it because it harkens back to one of the signature lines of the original Matrix film uh, when he is asked in the trailer, what are you going to need? And he says, we need guns. Lots and lots of guns, right? That was Keanu Reeves' money line in the uh, the original Matrix. So why are you looking forward to this? Now, film? obviously, this is not a series for everyone. Uh, no one under the age of of, uh, of 18, for sure. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe 20. Maybe 30. Right. It this is, is this is Democrats may seek to raise the voting age uh, after uh, after witnessing this film. Yes. I am not a big Keanu Reeves fan. I am not a fan of a ton of violence, but somehow the filmmakers have done such a good job in putting this all together. And Keanu does a nice job that I just think this series is brilliant. And have you guys seen so any of well these? Done. I haven't yet, but yeah. I know I should basically. They are the, really violent. The, did you see any of these, Aaron? No. The no. first one is, I thought was just okay. And so I was surprised it merited getting a sequel. The second one is exceedingly well done. I mean, it's, it's really well done as a film. Um, and what I found fascinating by it, you know, I thought, I thought the first one was essentially just a, an homage to violence, which, you know, I'm, I'm okay with violence if it has a purpose, right. you know? Um, they killed his dog. Yeah. And, but I thought it maybe took a little too far. <laughs> yeah, I'm a dog guy. Um, but um, the second one really gets into his attempt to morally navigate a nihilistic world. And... I was fascinated by his attempt to try and 
engage this world without fully succumbing to it at the exact same yeah. time. That's what I thought was was very interesting about the way they did that. And movie. the supporting cast, the yeah. characters, Lawrence in this Fishburne's are in that really, film. Really good. The, that guy, I can't ever remember his name. The the who's the the keeper of the of like the hitman's union. What's his, I can't remember. He's been in yeah. tons of stuff. You would recognize his name and his voice, but he does a great job in it as well. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the second, and it's a pretty film to watch. I mean, the, it, Absolutely it's, it it's, it's shot beautifully. And there's not a lot of violence. I mean, there's not a lot of blood. No, I said, I didn't violence. say gore. It's been right. very violent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a high body count. All right. This third film I think is going to make, is, is, is poised to make the biggest mistake of any movie in 2019. Okay? All right? So, I, I, I've seen this trailer. This one's okay to watch. All right? I believe. What trailer is not okay to watch, by the way? I was really concerned about John Wick, but I think <laughs> I think this one's okay. I, I've seen this one enough. I could hear the whole tune in my head. It was all there. I could see all the notes, and I just had to get it out. It's a little bit funny. This feeling inside. What did you say your name was again? My name is... Reggie! Reginald Dwight. Reginald. That's my granddad's name. So how does a fat boy from nowhere get to be a soul man? You gotta kill the person you were born to be in order to become the person you want to be. I'm thinking of changing my name to Elton. But that's my name. Yeah, I know. Baby! You can be the best-selling artist in America if you desire. I was trying to do something bold. Buy yourself something flashy. Can you even play the piano in those? Let them know who you are. All right, so... Don't kill yourself with drugs. You can... Don't kill yourself with drugs. <laughs> That's a great advice. That's like Aaron's. Don't drive in a ditch. Yes. I think this film's made a colossal mistake. Can you guess what I'm going to say its mistake is? Because I'm a huge Elton John fan. I have right? no idea. Um, well, there, this is, you know, we get on these trends, right? You know, we had the zombie trend and the apocalyptic trend. Uh, we have a comic book. What, the comic book thing has become a trend now. It's its own industry. It's its right. own genre. It's Are not, we on the Bohemian Rhapsody trend? Well, you had the, there's a movie on Netflix I've not seen. That's a Motley Crue story. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to get all these band and, and rock legend uh, uh, story movies. Now that's going to be the trend line that we're on now. So you had Bohemian Rhapsody, which I thought was one of the best films I saw last year. Um, and what I thought was is they it, 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 this film did two things. I thought Bohemian Rhapsody did two things right. One, I was stunned at the honest portrayal of his sexuality, and that's and when I read about it, that's actually why I went to see it. Because and they I did thought it without being overtly, I thought I thought this was going to be a propaganda film. Um, wasn't that way at all. They they showed that he paid a price for the sexuality that he pursued, that he lived, that he never had the family, the children, and everything he wanted. He never got over that. They were they were brutally honest about it in a way that if someone like me tried to make that movie and tell that story, it would never get made. All right, so I I was impressed that they told the truth. Number one. And then number two, Remy Malik is perfect, has all the mannerisms and everything down, but he doesn't sing. That's Freddie Mercury singing, all right? And Taron Edgerton, I think, is who's playing Elton John here, yep. right? Okay. 
When I mean the the scene where they're in the studio doing "Don't Go Breaking My Heart," if you've watched that video from the '70s, he's got the mannerisms nailed. Yeah, his singing voice talent. is terrible, terrible, and it's good to me. It, it makes the movie unwatchable because the music is is the point of the is why you know who you know Reggie Reginald Dwight is or Elton John is, but I don't hear Elton John's voice there. And his singing voice, as the great prophet Larry Holmes once said, he couldn't hold a jockstrap to Elton John. They should have dubbed Elton John's voice in like they did with Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't want Taron Edgerton doing uh, Elton John karaoke, but thank you. And it ruins it for me. See, and I'm looking forward to this making up for the mistakes of Bohemian Rhapsody, which was they didn't tell us enough of the story. They just kind of glossed over really? everything. Well, wow, I thought Bohemian I wanted Rhapsody to, was excellent. I wanted to know more. It was excellent, but it could have been so much better if they had told the story a little more, a little deeper. Yeah, I, I've been to multiple Elton John concerts, both alone and with Billy Joel, uh, but I really— You went with Billy Joel or Elton was with Billy Joel? Billy, uh, when they were yes, touring when together. when they were touring Michael. together. Uh, but I have, I have no interest in really seeing this movie. I, I, his backstory, I know enough of it. I don't think there's much to tell them. You, you have an interesting point about him not seeing. I don't think, he didn't strike me as terrible there, but he's clearly not Elton John, so that's distracting. But he, who is? If I walked into a karaoke bar and, and Taron Edgerton was belting out a tune, would I turn right around and say, hey, it's freak show night? No, but it's, 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 it's Elton John. You get the, the standard he's trying to measure up to, it, well, they, it's an impossible situation. You, you can pull this off in the um, Johnny Cash movie where, um, who played him? Um, the Walking Joe, Phoenix. Phoenix. Yep. Now, Johnny Cash doesn't have a great voice. It's unique, but it's not great. And I thought that movie totally Walk worked. Walk the Line was having, a great movie. And you yeah, didn't need Johnny Cash yeah. singing. I think it's from singer to singer and perhaps right. listener to listener where it matters. The dis, you know, the first album I ever knew all the words to the songs was Elton John's Greatest Hits Volume 1. I was literally <laughs> raised on that album as a kid. You are so okay? young. Your song is track one. Daniel is track two. I think Honky Cat uh, is number, is track three. Um, I, we I, get it. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, ha- the, I can't abide that. That's, he, he can't do it justice. And, I, and he's, I'm sure he's a fine actor, although he's been in a recent spate of bombs. Um, he's got the mannerisms down. But um, the voice thing, it's, an, it's, an, it's a no for me. Is it's it, an instant no for me. Is it possible that you will go into the theater with an open mind and, and think maybe it'll be okay? No. Okay. No. Well, then, then don't go. I'm not going. That's, oh. and that's, how and that's how long have you known him, Mike Woody? <laughs> yeah. well, I, we should Most of the audience is saying you should have stopped that. Is it possible you'll go in with an open mind? Right? That's true. You should have known better yeah. than to ask that question. But I mean, no, there's a distinct sound here. That's the reason he's getting honored with his own biopic. I'll shoot you an email. I'll let you know how I did it. And it's not the sound. I I can't believe you guys aren't distracted by this on any level at all. You know, I... it, I might be. Aaron is over there, doesn't know what an Elton John is. I was going to say, okay? I haven't seen it yet, I, so I, I'll, I'll let you know after I see it. And I, 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 it's odd to me that they wouldn't use Elton John's voice, but I... I'm not that interested, anyways. I, I like Elton John. I just not, no, I'm not like a huge fan. I like his. I like his pop. I'm, I'm an Elton John fan. Like I'm a Beatles fan. I don't like these types of pictures, though. I'd rather watch a documentary on his life than on, you know, Agreed. somewhat. Yeah, there's Agreed. some liberalized version yeah, of. I uh, could see that too. Story. I mean, there's there's been great documentaries done on the Beatles in the past. For example, there's one that uh, Malcolm McDowell 
narrates from about 20, 30 years ago that's really well done, for example. Could we give the movie credit for not being a comic book movie, not being a sequel? I mean, sure. every single movie with a handful of exceptions this summer is either a comic book movie or a sequel. All right. So I know I'm, this list of films you want to talk about, because we're up against <laughs> a break here in a couple of minutes. I was fine with your list. There's one of them I'm not heard of. There's a glaring omission on your list, though. Of course there is. How is the Godzilla movie not on your list? Because it's a Godzilla movie. That is, that is one. I think, it's, I think it's got one. The idea of bringing in all of the, of the monsters. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You're not, you're not the least bit interested in that? Not the least. I, well, I, I'm with Mike a little bit. They, how has Godzilla at this, to this point not been done well? It's been done badly so many times. I'm yeah. skeptical. Okay. I'd like it to be great because it would yeah. be great fun, but I'm skeptical. Did I mention that all the other monsters are in this? Yeah, you did. Okay. How, how if they're all <laughs> giant monsters fighting, how's that, how's that going to suck, Todd? <laughs> Look hey, at did you, you see, did you see Peter Jackson's King Kong? Because that sucked. Yeah, but there wasn't a lot of giant monsters suck, yeah, fighting. There was three hours of standing on a deck and talking. If it was 90 minutes of King Kong and giant monsters, that would have been cool. So who right? are the giant monsters? Do we get Mothra? Mothra's in the film. Mothra? Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. That's the only uh, monster I know, so. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, 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 I kind of love the setup, too, with Godzilla. as We're essentially, uh, you know, Godzilla's basically the Green Lantern of this Earth, basically. He's got to protect us from these uh, other invaders. I like that setup. Speaking of bad movies. All right. <clears throat> hey, uh, Glenn Beck and his friends started a new company a few years ago called Real Estate Agents I Trust. And the reason they did it is because they kept running into real estate agents who talked a good game, but then couldn't deliver the results they promised when needed the most. If you're looking for a real estate agent, and it is prime home buying and shopping uh, season, uh, if you're looking for a real estate agent, looking for three things uh, in a good agent. Somebody who understands this is a complicated process. They have a track record of successfully navigating it. That's one. Number two, someone who understands market value is more than an algorithm. Those can help. But you know there may be a reason that home on your block is selling way below market value, a death, a divorce, a relocation. They're desperate to sell, and you don't want to let that hinder you getting the right value for your home. And then third, you're looking for an agent that you really get along with. I mean, this is, I've done it a couple times in my life. I, had a, I was blessed to have a great agent, Scott Remsburg. I uh, still see him around town now. Uh, I, I don't know how you would do this if you didn't get along with the person you were doing it with, because it's going to be stressful. Uh, and sometimes you have to adjust on the fly to people's questions, demands, requests, et cetera. So if this sounds like uh, the right company for you, there's a lot of referral companies out there, but a lot of those are about helping agents find clients. In the case of real estate agents, I trust this is about helping the client find the right and worthwhile agent. Get moving right now. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com realestateagentsitrust.com. We will continue our summer movie preview with Mike Woody taking us to the movies live and on demand on The Blaze here next. Stay tuned. You know, we love to support uh, noble causes here on the Steve Day Show, and one of those that we support is called Back to Jerusalem. Their mission uh, is to uh, get the scriptures into the hands of persecuted people in what are called closed countries like communist China, Iran, North Korea, Somalia. Um, but they need our help. Uh, what they've done is they've taken the Bible, which these countries don't want to let in. And the reason why is pretty simple. Uh, it's the most inspirational book ever written. 
Uh, and you know, people that like to oppress other people don't like to see the people they're oppressing uh, inspired because inspired people tend to be a lot less tolerant of oppression. So uh, what they've done is they've taken the Bible, they've put it in an electronic form uh, for that's downloadable. It's only about the size of a pill that makes it easier to sneak uh, into these countries past the gatekeepers there. But their total cost from overhead production, distribution, manufacturing to delivery to a persecuted person is about $15 per Bible. So if you've got $15 hanging around, it'd be the best $15 you ever spent to help uh, not even the gates of hell to prevail. If you want to know more, just go to blazehelp.org. That's the website, blazehelp.org. Or you can give them a call at 844-305-0566, 844-305-0566. All right, back here with Mike Woody, taking us to the movies, doing our summer movie preview. All right, let's let's uh, let's get through the rest of this list uh, as fast as we possibly can while giving him justice. I'm going to skip the trailer to Dark Phoenix. Um, and I'm going to, because here's the thing. What's the point of this movie? And it's, it's weird for me to ask that about a comic book film, but we've already had an X-Men movie about the Dark Phoenix, okay? That was the last of the original series that they did. You've got the sale now where this is all going to be rebooted and, and kicked to the curb anyway with, with Disney acquiring all of this. Um, I just, I don't, I don't understand the point of the movie. Um, yes, you do. I, well, other than money, okay? Uh, <laughs> what but, do you mean other than money? But, I, but hold on. I think to make money, the movie needs to have a point, all right? So, like, I actually think the the the, the reboot they've done here, and you know I'm a huge James McAvoy fan. Yep. I think the, re, the reboot they've done here has been really good. I think Days of Future Past would be in my list of top 10 modern comic book films. I think it's excellent. How they did that film, how they weaved all those timetables, uh, time periods in together. I think X-Men Days of Future Past is the best in the series. You know I'm really, not really an really X-Men. I, I don't like the X-Men. Right. I've never been an X-Men fan. But I think the trailer looks interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> to me, I'm, I'm kind of surprised Disney didn't step in and say, don't make any more of these. Once, once, the, once the sale went into final negotiations and they're, they're, they're at the last stage, I kind of thought Disney might say, we're rebooting all of this anyway, so don't. Especially, this is one of the iconic stories in comics. It's the most iconic story in the history of the X-Men series. They ruined it. Kind of when they uh, did uh, the the third X Men film, they did this exact same storyline. So I don't know. I will go see it because I'm a nerd, but I'm the you know you you've got to get beyond me to be successful. I'm your P one audience for yeah, a movie I was like say, this, yeah, right? So I don't know. Are you guys are you an X Men fan at all? I am, but it's just it's really hard for me to even think back and remember what's the continuity. To all this, I mean, I agree. Well, with Days, Days of Future, Future Past, Past kind of blew that a lot of that stuff yeah. up, right? Yeah. And also, I mean, I was even we we actually went and watched uh, Logan together. Together, mm -hmm. that's one of the greatest movie trailers because it was done to Johnny Cash Hurt. Yep, I've ever seen, and I was bored by the end of the movie. I, the, the movie, I thought Logan bored me at times. Yeah, I thought it did. <laughs> I was bored at times too. I, I agree with you. Um, it was a great movie. Uh, kind of bored me at times. Are you an X Men guy? I don't Aaron? think I've ever seen any of them. No. Logan had greatness in it. I agree. But I also think that's the whole thing. This whole series had greatness in it. Hugh Jackman is as great a personage of a... I love his dismissiveness. I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> what 
can I say? I There's a lot of people in our audience right now that are like, I'm Aaron right now. Aaron speaks for us all. This, it's just proof of what an amazing job Avengers did with yeah. continuity because yeah. X-Men doesn't have it. It yeah. just doesn't. And yeah. I thought I thought Apocalypse, which oh, that's man, that another- was a letdown. Uh, that was a letdown. I mean, it's another classic storyline in, in, in the X-Men comics. I thought that was a major letdown. You know, I, I would have said, how do you blow that movie with Oscar Isaac as the villain? And they did. You know, did. so, all right, this trailer, I want to show our audience and I have a reason why I want this trailer to be shown. All right, let's take a look. It's Men in Black International. Always remember, the universe has a way of leading you to where you're supposed to be at the moment you're supposed to be there. Let's do this. Took me 20 years to find you. How many people can say that? You are the best kept secret in the universe. And I found you. Which makes me perfect for this job. You really think a black suit is going to solve all your problems? Mm, no, but looks damn good on you. Oh, snap! We are a rumor. Recognizable only as deja vu and dismissed just as quickly. Time to prove yourself, Agent M. We may have a problem in London. Welcome to MIB. You will be with Agent H, one of the best ever to wear this suit. Catching up on my daily meditation. Time for lunch, I think. Are you hungry? It's 9.30. Perfect. Tuesday's taco day. We've been compromised. It puts every citizen of this planet at risk. So that's the Men in Black International, okay? I think that series is rebootable. Why? Money, again. I mean, okay, fun. We, we agree. The answer is always money. But there needs to be a point for it to make money. Well, okay? we haven't so, seen it yet, so it could have a point. I thought the original series was overrated. I agree. But I also don't think it was terrible. Agreed. And they look. this looks like it's... Not even a reboot. It just looks like part... How many were there? Three? Weren't there three? I think there was three. I think it looks, just looks like part four. And then there was the one where they did the... Well, that was just a... That was three a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, I think so. Where they kind of went back into the origin, right? With Josh Brolin as a young Tommy Lee Jones, but right? These two actors, Hemsworth and uh, Tessa Thompson, who's also in the Rocky sequels, um, they were so great in that Thor Ragnarok. I agree. Which, yeah. by the way, would be in my top ten comic book I love Thor Ragnarok Todd doesn't like it I think it's I, think I just it's think wonderful. it's I love it's the not humor great. Yeah. It's, I thought it was average I, I, I don't know I'm I'm intrigued by this just Men, because of those two people Men Aaron. in Black the, the ride at Universal is one of the lamest rides there <laughs> <laughs> Uh, How did you do Chris, that in your apartment? Chris Could you Pan be giving <laughs> off it anymore? I don't care about any of this vibe We can see here <laughs> I thought he was sleeping over there <laughs> 
This is to Mike's point, though, about you, why Elton John. You know, like people, there's no. We're starving for some new creativity. You know, I mean, there's really did this need to be told again? All right. Speaking of new creativity, yeah. Here's the next movie we're going to take a look at. Made a friend in class. Oh, she's already making friends. No, no, she literally made a new friend. I want you to meet Forky. Uh, Hi. Hello. Hi. Ah. He's a spook. Yes, yeah, I know. Forky is the most important toy to Bonnie right now. We all have to make sure nothing happens to him. Woody, we have a situation. I am not a toy. I was made for soup, salad, maybe chili, and then the trash. Buzz, we've got to get Forky. Affirmative. Why am I alive? You're Bonnie's toy. You are going to help create happy memories that will last for the rest of her life. Huh? What? Oh. Bo? Forky, come on. Bo? Bo? Hi there. My name is Gabby Gabby. We can't stay. <laughs> yes, you can. Boys. <laughs> Woody, behind you! Bo! What are you doing here? No time to explain. Come with me. We need to get back to our kid. Aw, Sheriff Woody, always coming to the rescue. Bonnie needs Forky. Woody, who needs a kid's room when you can have all of this? Wow. Woody, aren't we going to Bonnie? All right, so that's a look at uh, Toy Story 4. Okay, so this is really the series that kicked off our modern understanding of of, of animation. Took, took over a decade to yeah, make the first one. Yeah, launched Pixar as a studio and as a force of nature and pop culture. The The final movie is a masterpiece. Yep. Uh, perfect ending. I mean, perfect. I mean, I, as a dad, I bawled at the end. That trailer does nothing for me. It's am I, dead, Sto- am I it's, dead inside or is it me? No, it's Toy Story 2. It looks like Toy Story 2 all over again. I think they've jumped the shark. I don't think they should have done no. this. I think this is a bad move. See, I I thought Toy Story 2 was mediocrity. And then they did 3. 3 was which, great. Which is yep. why I think, who knows? I mean, I, I think there's enough... There's enough here where I actually have more hope than in what wow. we just got it, done. Really, I, did, about. I didn't smile. I didn't laugh. I don't didn't react yeah, to like why, any. You of have it. to admit you smiled when you saw the spork. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and I I'm worried. Yeah, you know, I, if, I am if, too. Watching if you see that. what happened to Dumbo last month, ooh, yeah, boy. I haven't had a chance to see that. Is oh, it is it good? No, uh, uh, no, no, not so much. No, Beck is raving about it here at the Blaze. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you will not be invited down to Dallas. So. Might, uh, <laughs> hey, back uh, back there in Dallas, just keep that last uh, Possibly not us, the last Thank time you. we've disagreed, but... <laughs> uh, that'll be stricken from the record. Yeah. Let's move on to the next film. Um, Let's move on to the next film, because if you have not seen this trailer, it's brilliant. Okay. It's like a miracle. Miracles happen. Is this is this trailer appropriate? Absolutely. No, I mean not by your standards. I mean actually appropriate. What happened? Oh, electricity yeah. flicked off all over the world. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, Ellie bought you a present. All my troubles seem wow. so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I 
I didn't write it. Paul McCartney wrote it. The Beatles. Who? John, Paul, George and Ringo, the Beatles. No. Stop it. Okay, I'm in right now. I'm a huge Beatles fan. I am in right now. Do you genuinely not know who the Beatles are? Genuinely. Then I'm in a really, really, really complicated situation. When I find myself in times of trouble, <laughs> doesn't this look great? So he's yeah. like, an, is it, so this is like an alternative world universe where they never where they exist. never existed. And so he's just gonna steal all their <laughs> tunes. Oh, yeah. That's a gr- that that's a great, great concept, premise. Yeah. Yes. All right, I'm in. Everything that the t- the Toy Story trailer did not do for me, that trailer sold me on going to this movie. I'm in right now. I mean, what a great concept. It is a great concept. You know, the last movie that where the trailer, I had knew nothing about it at all. And then after I saw the trailer, I'm like, I've got to be there. Is um, it's it, John Woo's in the movie? I forgot what it's called. Where his daughter disappears. Um, oh yeah, and no, he follows her, and the whole thing takes it. place on social media. Yeah, I didn't see. You it. never saw that movie? No. It's so great. I forgot the name. It was on my top list last year. It's really good. All right. This, but it, I love the whole originality of it. You should see the movie. You would like it a lot. I, I okay. heard good things. All right, but that trailer, I'm in. I'm in on that trailer right now. And it's I'm going got. To see it. I, I don't understand now how she isn't just a huge star yet. Lily James, she played Cinderella, and Cinderella, yeah. she's a, she's amazing. She's really good. All right, we're gonna run out of time. Everybody, most of our audience, has seen the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. We don't need to show that again. They're saying that this is an epilogue to Endgame. All right, it takes place after Endgame is done, but but that um, it's kind of not, it's not the official start of Phase 4. It's actually the end of Phase 3. Okay. It shows us what the world is like after the events that we're going to watch take place in Endgame I'm worried this about this one, too. You are? Yeah. Why? I just don't, I, it's like t- Toy Story 4. I don't think they needed to do it. Here's what I love about it, is there's a list of comic book villains and heroes that I've always thought deserved a, a big screen treatment, Mysterio is on the list. You know, like I've, I've read that they're thinking of making Nightmare the villain in the uh, Doctor uh, Strange sequel. With, with what they could do with today's technology, that would be perfect. And I think Mysterio, with what is available with today's technology, I think it, having him, he's on my list of villains I've always, I've always wanted to Can we get rid of the little fish bowl on his head thing? No, that's kind of the iconic look. How Absolutely does he breathe? not. How does he breathe? Well, it's a it's about a guy named Spider Man who swings okay. from buildings. Well, but that's because he was so bitten we're, by we're, the spider. We're kind of radioactive um, reality in the beginning. Uh, I, the Lion King. What do you think? I think this is. I think this will be good. I mean, after Dumbo uh, stumbled, I think this will be really good. All right, we'll take a brief look here at the Lion King. Fair. Is it my little friend? While some are born to feast, others spend their lives in the dark. Begging for scraps. That's a great shot right there. That look, at the te- look at the technology. Yeah, that looks really good. Agreed. Everything you see exists together in a delicate balance. Got James Earl Jones with the voice work there. Oh, yeah. Nice touch. Yeah, that looks great. 
All right, so I've got one more live read I got to do. And then I want you to tell me of the three movies we didn't talk about, which one you're looking forward to the most. All right? All right. So we told you earlier in the show about the story of this couple in Portland, Oregon, that had their home title taken away from them by scammers, uh, faced eviction notices, uh, late payment notices, uh, because they were liquidating the equity they had in their home. They spent a fortune to try to get their home back, faced eviction notices anyway. The most valuable investment the vast majority of you within the sound of my voice are ever going to own is your own home. Protect it with our friends at Home Title Lock, especially when it costs just pennies a day to do it. You can register your home for free right now and find out, are scammers already tampering with your home's title? Has it already been targeted? Is it vulnerable? Go to HomeTitleLock.com, get a free title scan and report that's normally a $100 value, but it's free today for our family at The Blaze. At HomeTitleLock.com, that's HomeTitleLock.com. All right, so we we have three movies we didn't have t- time to get to, or two. Uh, yeah, there's just two. So Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. The trailer is great. And I think they do a masterful job of kind of giving you, of selling that. I've used that word a lot today. I don't know why. They do a good job. They do a good job of selling that movie. I think that's going to be a ton of fun. The bad guy is going to be great. Yeah. Uh, Idris Elba as the bad guy. Yeah. That's a good choice. Yeah. Good chemistry there, too. You know, The Rock and that one white guy whose name I can't ever remember. Okay, I <laughs> Jason Statham. Think, I can't remember his name. What's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Is that the Sharon Tate movie? Um, I don't think so, no. Okay. But this I don't is Quentin- really I don't really know what this is about because it's a Quentin Tarantino movie and they don't want you to know. But it's got Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, and Leonardo DiCaprio. See, I think it's this is about Sharon Tate. Well, I think, I think yeah, Margot Robbie I think you plays might, Sharon Tate. I think you might be right in hindsight. And so is this essentially uh, Helter Skelter? Is that is that no? Because really it? it looks like, from what I saw, a comedy. Yeah, this is Leo's a Leo's an actor, and Brad Pitt pays like his stunt man or something. Yeah. Like, and Leo's kind of a a buffoon. He's he's playing a real man, but he isn't, and Brad yeah. Pitt is. So I don't know what that has to do with Sharon Tate. One all. thing here's what we know: there's going to be seven thousand f bombs. We know that, right? Quentin Tarantino. Uh, that's the edited version. <laughs> Yes, yeah, that's what'll be on TNT. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so you wanted us to uh, talk about a film that you don't know anything about, but we didn't bring up Godzilla. So it's good to see Mike Woody never you, change. Next, never change, Mike. Next never time, change. just call and say, "Bring in Godzilla," and then maybe another Godzilla. twenty movies. <laughs> it's good to see you, my friend. Thanks. It's good coming to see in. you guys. Thanks for inviting me. Well, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Don't forget the Blaze Roundtable coming your way later today. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.